This is Dr. J. Buzz von Ornsteiner, forensic psychologist from Copycat Killers, Real Channel's true crime program about real murders inspired by movies. Be sure to subscribe to our series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Then go to Reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find true crime TV series like this one on Reels Channel. This program contains graphic violence. Your discretion is advised. August 11th, 2014. Two men are on the run from murder, creating an international manhunt. They're part of a secret organization called Bike Club. It's a group of men who gather together to get what feels like a new lease on life by beating the hell out of each other. In the movie Fight Club, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton's characters discover fighting is the only way to finally feel free. There was a rush of adrenaline uh, from fighting. And they want others to experience that freedom, which is why they start their underground club, Fight Club. Tony Bagnato and Diego Carbone's real-life Fight Club brings them more than they could ever imagine. But what starts out as a way to achieve a boxing career soon turns into a powerful and dangerous business. Being a, a successful drug dealer would give him a feeling of power, and that's what he wanted. He wanted power. He wanted control. He really wanted to be on top of the heap. When a fellow Fight Club member threatens to destroy it all, Tony and Diego find a way to get even. They want to teach him a lesson. Nobody messes with them. But their plans are flawed, and soon the whole thing goes awry. Then the body count grows. Just when you think that these guys are caught and the police are ready to haul them in, you're wrong. A copycat killer with a real-life fight club. What was the first rule of Fight Club? Don't talk about Fight Club. But everyone wants to talk about Fight Club, both in the movie and real life. Talking about Fight Club is the beginning of the end. Tony Bagnato and Diego Carboni have one great passion in life. Fighting. Alex Zidane, investigative reporter. Tony and Diego are cousins and they bond over a shared love of boxing. Dr. J. Buzz von Ornsteiner, forensic psychologist. Their relationship is a strong one and is a bonded one. They're as close as brothers. Diego works in his family's restaurant, but spends as much time as he can in the gym with Tony. But the blue-collar lifestyle doesn't cut it for Diego. Eventually, his desire for action catches up to him. Diego used to work at his parents' restaurant, but unfortunately, he had a falling out with them. So you're looking at someone who didn't do particularly well in school, didn't do particularly well at his place of work that his parents were running. So in some ways, he was kind of floundering. For Diego, boxing is more of a hobby. It's something he does in his spare time. But Tony... It's a passion. Both men were just not nine-to-fivers. They weren't able to fit in to the conventional type of work that most people do within life. They needed something that was different that they could still succeed in. Tony hopes to one day become a professional fighter, so he opens his own gym where he trains day and night. Lisa Coriel, crime writer. I mean, there's a huge difference between running a gym and actually becoming a professional fighter. 
But Tony is convinced that he's got what it takes and he's going to be the next big thing. And it's a great opportunity because it allows the cousins to spend more time together doing what they love. Tony thinks professional fighting will bring him fame and glory. He kind of was his own man and he kind of wanted to live life his own way. Tony wants power. He's not going to be sitting in a cubicle from nine to five. He wouldn't make it in the corporate world and doesn't want to. What are they desperate for? They want their freedom, they want excitement, and they want to be successful. The humdrum wheel of life is boring to them. They want to be fighters. They want a place where that kind of toughness and that kind of go get them attitude is rewarded. Tony and Diego are the copycat versions of Edward Norton and Brad Pitt's characters in the 1999 movie Fight Club. Tyler Richardson, film critic. I think that the point that fight club is trying to make is that not everyone is supposed to work a nine to five some people are just supposed to fight the film directed by david fincher makes over 100 million dollars at the box office fight club is about a man who is tired of living a corporate lifestyle and decides that he's going to stick it to the system as he's basically made our corporate capitalist society, his enemy, and he wants to dismantle that. After the movie makes its theatrical debut, real-life fight clubs begin to sprout up around the world. With something like Fight Club, it introduces an idea that seems so obvious it has to be real. Uh, So I, I knew people who went out looking for fight clubs and of course they exist and if they didn't it's free to make one there's even a fight club in tony and diego's hometown luckily for them there happens to be a club right in their own neighborhood it was a real life fight club it's like the movie became a reality tony was passionate about fighting and the fight club so the fight club for him was almost a way of giving him a sense of self-value. That in the arena, he was an individual to be feared. Once Tony and Diego discover their local fight club, it's the only thing on their minds. The St. Michael's Christian Brothers Fight Club was founded by a former biker by the name of Albert DeFloriano. He created the club. Um, It appeared to be a club for Catholics of Italian heritage that had a love of boxing. Who knows how Tony and Diego found out about the Fight Club, but once they know about it, there's no turning back. Similar to the movie, the St. Michael's Fight Club is also a secret organization. Besides Tony and Diego, other Fight Club recruits include Adriano Riccio and Bradley Dillon. Adriano is a friend of Tony and Diego, and just like them, he's a tough guy, a man's man, an alpha dog, and he's a fighter, and he's a member of the Fight Club. Bradley's a former rugby player. He's the father of two. He comes from a close family. I mean, he's a good guy. And his sister is actually dating Adriano. In the movie Fight Club, before any recruits are initiated, they must swear to follow a certain set of rules. Well, the first rule of Fight Club is do not talk about Fight Club. That's also the second rule. I think that that may be the biggest line from the movie. Uh, I've seen many spoofs of it. The first rule about Fight Club. Following the movie's guidelines, St. Michael's Fight Club also has rules to live and die by. Just like in the movie at St. Michael's, 
you are not to discuss the Fight Club. Those are the first two rules. Like anything else, secret societies or groups that are not open to everyone sometimes enhances the group's prestige. Being secret makes something seem more valuable. It's not public. It doesn't have the ability for everyone to enter. It's only for a select few. But most importantly, the underground club allows its members to fight without the fear of being caught. For these two men, it was very important. They definitely wanted to feel safe with people that they felt they belonged to and could relate to. Fight Club gave them a sense of belonging and gave them a sense of value. After Tony and Diego agree to abide by the Fight Club's rules, they're ready to fight. So outside the ring, the members of the Fight Club are friends. But in the ring, all bets are off. They're going to win, and they're going to win no matter how many punches it takes. It bonds the group of guys the way that men have bonded for thousands of years, beating the hell out of each other. For the cousins, it was very exciting because they belonged and they wanted to fight, and they were part of the group now. So there was a, it was a, a, a feeling of euphoria. This is the first fight of a real-life fight club. On screen, the first night of fight club is a success. In Fight Club, a lot of consenting adult men fight so that they can have some form of control in their life. But not long after Fight Club is established, things start to spiral out of control. First rule of Fight Club. Do not talk about Fight Club. Um, in the movie, there are consequences um, for not following the rules. What starts out as a way to spend their time fighting, which was their passion, turns into dreams of international business empires that will bring them money and power. It's a copycat crime that's almost identical to Fight Club. When members of Fight Club transition over to Project Mayhem, things are more serious and more serious crimes are being committed. You could see the shift in things. They were very involved in selling illegal drugs. So those traits made them different from other men in terms of how they pursued their goals. So when one of the St. Michael members breaks the rules of Fight Club, there is a price to pay. They want to teach him a lesson. Nobody messes with them. But their plans are flawed, and soon the whole thing goes awry. And then the police are on their tail. Tony's mindset was that he was invincible. And that's a dangerous combination when you're also killing people. Cousins Tony Bagnato and Diego Carboni are living out many men's Hollywood fantasy by joining a local fight club like the 1999 movie with the same title. Tony and Diego love fighting, and they're so excited to find that a fight club exists in their community, practically in their own backyard. The doors of the club were closed to all outsiders, and no one really knew what went on inside the building. Both Tony and Diego were not pro-establishment. They kind of went against the establishment. They wanted to have their life and their world their own way, rather than succumbing, I suppose, to the establishment. In the movie Fight Club, Edward Norton's character believes that corporate life has dulled his identity. 
Edward Norton, when we meet him, um, feels emotionless. There is no excitement, no joy, just work, furniture, sleep. He feels like modern life has stripped him of his manhood. So when he meets Tyler Durden, an eccentric alpha male played by Brad Pitt, he's captivated. Tyler is everything that he wants to be. He's charming, attractive, uh, well-spoken, and he's also free of the corporate lifestyle that Edward Norton's character is uh, feeling like a slave to. He has his own business, and he just does what he wants. In the movie, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton's characters create a fight club, a place where men can come to regain their manhood. While off-screen, Tony and Diego believe their fight club is allowing them to achieve the same principles. Usually people's hobby and what they do for a living are two different things. A hobby is something you do that is truly a pleasure. So in this situation, the hobby and the work were combined. Tony and Diego's fight club comes from honest intentions. The name of the club is the St. Michael's Christian Brothers Fight Club, and it's a club born out of a shared interest in Catholicism and combat sports. The club is named for the angel Michael. In the Bible, St. Michael is the most fearsome and mighty of all the angels. He's an archangel, and he leads legions of other angels into battle for the Lord. Because of the symbolism and the naming is that this is a fight club that's going to lead all other fight clubs. This is a fight club that is invincible. Before long, Tony and Diego are full-fledged members of the fight club, along with their friend Adriano and another man named Bradley. Adriano is one of Tony's friends, and he's also dating another fight club member, Bradley's sister. These guys are friends, but that doesn't stop them from going all out when they're matched up against each other in a fight. Similar to the movie, what starts out as a small group of men with a yearning to fight soon becomes the biggest secret on the streets. Like the movie Fight Club, once word inevitably gets out, more and more people want to join. Fighting another individual, it was just based on man versus man. It was that testosterone and that competitive edge that males have when they go against each other. And so there was a sense of accomplishment. Growing the club's membership breaks the first and second rules of Fight Club. Do not talk about Fight Club. In the movie Fight Club, Ed Norton and Brad Pitt's characters follow those rules. But in real life, Tony breaks them almost immediately. Tony loves the Fight Club so much that he keeps surrounding himself with signs that he's in this secret fight club. No one can escape the fact that he's basically advertising St. Michael's. Tony is so devoted to the club, he wants to brand his body with the club's name. And that's why he gets St. Michael tattooed on his stomach. Diego also gets a tattoo of the Archangel St. Michael on his back. Tattoos are permanent, and people identify and want to be identified with what they have tattooed on their body. So for Tony, he believes he is going to be a member for life. In fact, this is Tony's life. But as the fight club grows in the movie, its mission changes. What starts 
as a fight club that's small and simple uh, becomes an organization that has an agenda and are committing crimes and uh, ultimately commit some very serious crimes. And in real life, once again, Tony and Diego follow in the footsteps of the movie Fight Club. What once was a love of fighting turns into a criminal enterprise. Diego loved boxing, but it was pushed out of his life for another hobby of his, cocaine. And unfortunately, cocaine started to take over his life. It became a real addiction for him. I think when you have a club where you know, men are together and they're fighting, the kind of drugs that kind of amp you up, it, it naturally flows that that's what you would be doing. So the drugs kind of flow quickly through the club, the fight club. Soon, several members of the club are addicts. So St. Michael's is not as clean and straight edge as it sounds. A lot of the boxers there, a lot of the fighters develop addictions. And Tony realizes that if he can feed those addictions, he can make a lot of money. Tony's very competitive. And Tony has these visions of grandeur that someday he's going to be this top fighter. We all want to get ahead, and money really is the key in many ways of gaining your piece of the pie. The more his clients spend on drugs, the more Tony sees his opportunity to make millions. And of course, money is, is very seductive. Tony wanted power, and Tony wanted to be in control. And for Tony, the quickest way to accomplish that was to sell drugs. At first, Tony is just your local drug dealer, but then some of the Fight Club members become his best clients, and that means his business really takes off. Tony has legitimate connections in the drug world. One of his friends and former business partners, a guy by the name of Wayne Schneider, is involved in international drug dealing, so that's Tony's in. Wayne and Tony owned a boxing gym together, so they weren't just friends, they are also business partners. Wayne was a very high-level drug dealer. He had laboratories that were producing massive amounts of crystal meth. He was on the most wanted list. Wayne was a legitimate kingpin. When Wayne runs into trouble with the law, he flees to Thailand to avoid jail time. And that's a perfect opportunity for Tony to step into that void and pick up Wayne's business. It's incredibly lucrative for Tony. But the more money Tony makes, the greedier he becomes. Tony loves that the money is absolutely pouring in from his drug business. And it doesn't seem to bother him that he's making money off the drug problems of people who are his friends. One friend who might have fallen the hardest into drugs was Adriano. Adriano, a Fight Club member, can't seem to get his addiction under control. Adriano and his girlfriend have a good relationship, but then she begins to see that he's really getting deep into drugs, and that changes the relationship for them. His drug addiction is tearing them apart. Adriana's girlfriend is so concerned about his drug problem that when he tells her he needs $2,000 to go into a drug rehab, she hands it right over to him. Although Adriano promises to use the money for rehab, it's all a lie. Adriano didn't spend that money on rehab. He's not going to the rehab. And she immediately breaks up with him and she wants her $2,000 back. When she attempts to contact Adriano about the money, he is nowhere to be found. Adriano's girlfriend thinks this is going to be simple. Just find Adriano and he'll give her the money back. 
But she can't find Adriano. Instead, a friend of Adriano contacts her and promises to refund the $2,000. The person who's supposed to give Adriano's former girlfriend the money engages in a bait and switch. He gives her an envelope. It's got 50 bucks in it and a bunch of pieces of paper to make it look like it's two grand. Furious at Adriano, his ex-girlfriend is desperate to get her money back. So she turns to her brother Bradley, another member of the Fight Club, for help. In this situation, your decision to do something is based on the love for your sister and a protection for your family. So it's an emotional connection and probably makes you more angry than it would otherwise. So his sister wanted her $2,000 back, and they were now no longer a couple. So he had concerns, but he also was very protective of his sister. Bradley thinks the best way to find Adriano and get his sister's money back is to go through Tony. He knows Tony and Adriano are friends, and he also knows that Tony pretty much knows everybody in the club, and he knows where they are. So Tony starts getting these phone calls from Bradley. Bradley really starts pressuring Tony to step in and, you know, get that money back for him. Tony can tell Bradley is determined. He will stop at nothing until his sister's money is returned. But the more Bradley demands, the angrier Tony becomes. I really think that Tony thought that Bradley was out of line, you know, coming to him and pressuring him. I think, you know, it was something that he felt shouldn't be done. At the same time, Tony knows he has the most to lose should Bradley not get his money back. Tony knows that he's running an international drug operation. And he knows that Bradley is aware of his activities. Tony knows that Bradley could easily make one phone call and bring the whole thing crashing down. I think Bradley made Tony feel vulnerable, and Tony didn't like that feeling. Tony wants to make his problem go away forever. It would have been so easy just to track down Adriano, make him apologize, and make him give back the money. But things weren't going to go down that way. Tony had too much pride to serve as a real intermediary. It was man against man. That was really the thing that he kind of really enjoyed, that there's the real world that can be very different. But when you're in an arena against one other individual, it's you or him. But one of you is going to be the ultimate winner. Tony decides to have a face-off with Bradley. So they convince Bradley to come to a meeting and that everything will be fine, and that's where they'll resolve the issue. In reality, it's a setup. In the movie Fight Club, someone is always willing to help the main characters do their dirty work. And in real life, Diego steps in to help make Bradley disappear. Bradley had no concerns. He wanted to get to the bottom of it. He certainly didn't think his life was on the line. In reality... If Tony was a big, bad, powerful gangster, if he was someone like Tyler Durden, he could make it happen with a phone call. Instead, he decided to get Bradley out of the way because Bradley had become a threat. And soon, Bradley won't be the only problem that needs to be taken care of. Tony starts a new fight club in Thailand and reunites with an old friend, Wayne. It's Dr. J. Buzz von Ornsteiner. Did you know you can stream the Copycat Killers TV series on Roku and Fire TV? Well, you can. Just download the Reels app and subscribe. 
to see the TV show behind this podcast. And if you've got Prime, it's on Amazon channels too. You could even find episodes about killers inspired by Breaking Bad, Hannibal, and The Dark Knight before they're released here. Plus, you'll get to see what I look like in the show. I know you're curious. Copycat Killers comes from the real crime fans at Reels Channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Tony Bognato and Diego Carboni are living their wildest fantasies, just like the movie Fight Club. Tony and Diego are cousins whose dream came true when they realized they had a fight club in their own hometown. Tony and Diego are basically getting to live out the movie Fight Club in their own neighborhood. St. Michael's Fight Club is around the corner from them, and that's where they spend a lot of their time. In the film Fight Club, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt's characters create a safe place where men can fight. But soon after their fight club is established, things quickly escalate. When we first started to meet the the members of the Fight Club, they were individuals who were coming together because they enjoyed fighting. But as the mission of Fight Club changes, certain members prove they are willing to do anything for the survival of the club. The members of this new organization are willing to lay their lives on the line for Edward Norton and Brad Pitt's characters. They go from planning fights to recruiting members of a, a terrorist unit. Tony and Diego's fight club has taken them to extreme limits. At one point in his life, Tony wanted to be a famous fighter. Now he just wants to make as much money as he can from drugs. Money, power, and control are his goals. But Tony is facing an internal problem that threatens to destroy everything he's built. Fellow Fight Club member Bradley wants the $2,000 his sister is owed by another member, Adriano. But the problem is, Adriano is nowhere to be found. Who knows where Adriano is? He's probably so strung out that he can't even deal with the situation. So Bradley goes to Tony in order to get the money. Adriano and his drug problem have become a liability for Tony. Instead of taking care of Adriano's drug problem, Tony decides to eliminate Bradley. If Bradley doesn't get the money, he could give police inside information about the drug ring. Adriano doesn't have the money. The 2000 is spent. It's gone. Tony enlists the help of his cousin Diego. Together, they decide to lure Bradley to a private location. So they contact Bradley and they agree to give him the $2,000. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. They're not giving him the money, but they want him to believe that he's getting what he wants. So as, when he meets them, his guard will be down. Bradley walks in like a lamb to the slaughter. He's not concerned. He thinks he's actually going to get his money back from these two characters. Bradley wants to make things right during this meeting, but he doesn't want to cause too much trouble. He doesn't want to burn bridges with Tony... Diego, or the Fight Club. Bradley takes the bait. Tony and Diego text Bradley and tell him that they're in a nearby parking garage and for him to meet them there. Meeting in a parking garage is a bit jarring for Bradley. Bradley was anticipating meeting them in a public place. This is a little, not in the script, but he just wants to get this over with. Bradley seemed calm, so one could assume that he didn't feel that his life was in jeopardy. 
But almost as soon as Bradley enters the garage, he realizes he's been played for a fool. So where's the money? I'll have your money. Bradley realizes they don't have the $2,000 and they never intended to bring it to him. Bradley's really legitimately furious and he lays into the two of them. The argument started to get worse and then eventually Diego started to get physical with Bradley. Diego puts Bradley in a headlock. Bradley's a member of a fight club. He's not going down easy. Bradley fought back. Bradley's in a headlock. There's not a lot he can do, but his arms are free, and he's grabbing and scratching at Diego, and he manages to get some of Diego's skin underneath his fingernails. Then Diego resorts to drastic measures. He stabs Bradley. It's obvious he is in dire trouble, but Bradley is determined to survive. At this point, Bradley just needs to get away at all costs. He tries to break free and grabs a piece of Diego's shirt as he tries to move. It's either fight or flight, and he definitely knows he has to get out of there. Bradley is able to break free and makes a run for it. But Tony won't let Bradley escape alive. He might have thought he was safe until he heard the gunshot. Tony had lost control, and Bradley was very quick on his feet. So he almost made it. He almost escaped. Tony fires five shots at Bradley, hitting him three times. He hits Bradley in the back and in the abdomen. And at one point, his heel comes up as he's running, and Tony fires another shot, and the bullet goes right through Bradley's heel. Once Bradley is out of range of Tony's gun, Tony and Diego realize they've got to get out of there. So they run to Tony's car, and from there they speed off. As for Bradley, he's able to make it out of the garage and hopes to get help. Bradley's in bad shape. He's bleeding out, he's been hit multiple times, but he just wants to live long enough to tell someone what Tony and Diego did to him. The movie Fight Club may have helped spawn a brotherhood between Bradley Dillon, Tony Bagnato, and Diego Carboni. But, as seen in the movie, fight clubs can easily spiral out of control. What starts as a fight club that's small and simple uh, becomes an organization that has an agenda. Everything turns, and now suddenly there are weapons involved, and that's when we see the first group member die. Bradley's been hit pretty badly, and he's bleeding out, but he desperately wants to survive to tell someone who did this to him. There are shoppers who are walking around doing their late afternoon shopping who suddenly see this man covered in blood, clutching his abdomen, stagger out of the parking garage, and collapse on the sidewalk. Someone calls an ambulance almost immediately, but by the time the ambulance gets there, Bradley is unconscious and the paramedics are not able to revive him and he dies without ever being able to tell anyone who did this to him. Meanwhile, cousins Tony and Diego flee on foot to their getaway car. They kill Bradley because Bradley had become a liability, not to their fight club, but to Tony's drug empire. Bradley had secrets, and if he spilled them, Tony's empire could be destroyed. Their biggest problem um, that they were trying to solve was keeping Bradley quiet. Now, their goal is to get away with murder. In the thriller movie Fight Club, what starts out as a secret membership to fight is now a criminal organization. They have come to believe in Tyler Durden so much that 
they break from that individuality and are willing to become just thugs for him. Just like Tyler Durden's followers, Diego does whatever his cousin Tony demands. Tony is the real-life version of Tyler Durden. Tony has the same kind of power that Tyler has. Just like the loyal Fight Club members, Diego follows Tony's command without question. As Tony and Diego get as far from the crime scene as they can, police arrive to piece together Bradley's last moments. Bradley was bleeding heavily, and he left a trail of blood. So the police follow it right back to where the shooting took place, and they find a piece of green cloth. Police run the green cloth and samples of evidence from under Bradley's fingernails through DNA testing. So the police gather all this DNA evidence, both from the shirt and from Bradley's body. They run it through their system, and they get a match. The match is Diego. The manhunt for Diego Carboni begins. The cousins don't know if Bradley was able to tell someone about the attack, but they think the game is up. They need to go. They need to get out of the country, and they need to do it right away. Tony's done some business before in Thailand. He also knows that his old buddy Wayne is in Thailand because Wayne had to flee the country too. So he figures this is a perfect opportunity. I'll go to Thailand. We can go. We can start up the you know International St. Michael Fight Club and hook up with our pal Wayne. Tony takes a plane to Thailand, but Diego isn't so lucky. Diego has a little problem with his passport. So he winds up having to come back to the airport a second time. And it's that second time when police are able to actually arrest him. Police interrogate Diego about his involvement in Bradley's murder. He admits to being at the scene, but says he wasn't the one who killed Bradley. It was his cousin, Tony. His loyalty to his cousin is not the same as the men's loyalty to Tyler Durden. He breaks. He gives the police everything. Diego is charged with murder. But as for his partner in crime, it seems, at least for now, Tony's escaped the long arm of the law. So the police know they're looking for a second suspect, Tony Bugnato. But they can't find Tony anywhere. They don't know where he is. In the film Fight Club, Edward Norton's character finds out copycat fight clubs are popping up all over the country. There is a scene uh, later in the film where Edward Norton's character is taken in by some police officers for questioning. And right when you think that he's going to be arrested and put away, he manages to escape that situation. The police officers were also a part of the fight club phenomena that was spreading across the states. Over a year after he escapes to Thailand, Tony is up to his old tricks. For Tony, he wanted to start another fight club. It seems like fight club was really everything that Tony was. He really was dedicated to having a fight club. He's hooked up with his friend, Wayne. He is a villain near where Wayne lives, and he's basically able to just sort of stay under the radar. Wayne, a high-ranking member of the Hells Angels, is also on the run from the police. Wayne is also hiding out in Thailand because police in his homeland want him for selling and distributing drugs. He even has some security guards protecting him at his villa in Thailand. Tony and Wayne are friends. They hang out drinking together. They enjoy discussing all the business ventures that they want to get involved in, which are all illegal, of course. Tony is eager to get in on one of Wayne's dealings. So when Wayne offers him a proposition, he doesn't refuse. 
Tony wants to get in on the ground floor. He knows that Wayne has the connections. He knows that Wayne can help him build his empire. To get something, you've got to give something. And maybe that's why Tony decided he should loan Wayne a pretty large amount of money. The men agree to terms on the investment. He thinks his venture will pay off in spades. Tony and Wayne pick up right where they left off. They have a shared love of fighting, drinking, carousing, and that's what he ends up doing most of the time in Thailand. But when Wayne gets a big payday and doesn't give Tony a cut, all hell breaks loose. I think Wayne underestimated not just how nasty Tony was, but how stingy he was. So Wayne doesn't pay him back. That's the problem. Tony and Wayne's relationship crumbles. I think Wayne underestimated Tony's need for vengeance and Tony's ability to hold a grudge. Tony loans Wayne a pretty significant amount of money. And when Wayne doesn't pay him back, Tony really gets angry. Tony has evolved much like Tyler evolved in Fight Club because they're no longer guys fighting for this, you know, lofty, we're going to be men. He's basically just a drug dealer, um, enforcer. And, you know, he's about anarchy, murder, um, you know, breaking all the rules. There's nothing honorable about what he's doing, much like by the end of the movie. There's nothing honorable about what Tyler was doing. In the movie Fight Club, everyone underestimates just how powerful Tyler Durden really is. And in real life, Tony is about to prove that he's the one in control. Tony decides to do whatever is necessary to get the money from Wayne. When Tony gets angry, Tony decides to kill. Tony Bagnato and his cousin Diego Carboni have killed their fellow Fight Club member Bradley Dillon. But like the movie Fight Club, there is more bloodshed to come. They shot Bradley because they knew he was determined to get his sister's money back, and they knew that he would stop at nothing. They were afraid that he was going to bring down their, their international drug operation. Diego is arrested and charged with murder. But Tony is able to flee the country, where he lands in Thailand and starts a new life. Tony starts a new fight club in Thailand and reunites with an old friend, Wayne. Wayne is also hiding out in Thailand after he broke the law in his own country. Tony and Wayne pick up their friendship um, right where they left off. Tony even loans Wayne some money so that he can profit from one of Wayne's schemes. When Wayne doesn't pay Tony back, Tony vows the ultimate revenge. When Tony killed Bradley, he did it to keep Bradley quiet. When he goes after Wayne, it's because he feels like he's been wronged. In the movie Fight Club, the more power Tyler Durden demands, the deadlier he becomes. Tony follows suit. His role was very complex. As we know, if you've seen the film, the story is very wild, but Brad Pitt goes from a charismatic stranger to the enemy that's living within your walls and a terrorist. It's all over the place, but it resonated very strongly with a lot of people. Furious that Wayne hasn't repaid his loan, Tony and some friends go to Wayne's house for retribution. They're all wearing black face masks so they can't be identified. And Wayne has no idea who these guys are or why they're here. The garb is similar to what Tyler Durden's crew wears in Fight Club. In the beginning, everything is 
a little bit brighter when it comes to clothing and all the the group members are individuals. But by the film's end, they are all clad in black because they're basically operatives. They're clad in black to commit crimes. Wayne is about to realize just how powerful Tony has become. Antonio! Antonio, what are you doing? What? Don't you ever cross me again, you scumbag! No, 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 this is about the money! This about the money! I've I, I got it! I've got it! I've got 24 hours! At this point, Wayne is pleading for his life. But it's not going to be enough for someone like Tony. Tony attacks Wayne. But when he does so, he takes off his mask so that Wayne can see who now holds his life in his hands. Tony savagely beats Wayne with brass knuckles. He beats Wayne to death without giving Wayne an opportunity to fight back. Tony is a cold-blooded killer. He's able to kill a friend because he really lacks any kind of empathy or remorse. He's a true fighter. And he wants to be the ultimate winner. After Wayne's death, Tony knows time is of the essence. He needs to get rid of Wayne's body before anyone finds out what happened. Tony and his guys load Wayne's body into a car and drive it 20 miles outside of town. They dig a grave bury him, and hope no one will ever find him. Then, Tony puts Miles between himself and the crime scene. He flees to Cambodia, hoping to evade the authorities. But police are already on his trail. Wayne wasn't alone at his home while he was being attacked. So there's all this fighting, all this chaos. There's a melee at Wayne's villa. And through all of what's going on, one of the guards suddenly gets a look at Tony. Tony's not wearing his mask, and the guard recognizes him. At that point, the guards call the police. But for Wayne, the police are too late. Although he puts up a struggle, he's no match for Tony. The cops are able to obtain the, the surveillance footage, and they've basically got a front row seat as to what happened inside that villa. One of the things the security camera footage reveals is the license plate of the car Tony was driving. The police looked that up, and they find out it was actually rented by the wife of one of Tony's friends. Authorities learn the rented car has a trackable GPS system. The police trace the truck from Wayne's house to Tony's house, but then they find it went to a random roadside location and stayed there for hours. When the police get to the roadside, it's pretty obvious what's happened there. There's freshly turned earth, and once they remove it, they find Wayne's body in the hole. Authorities put out an all-points bulletin to be on the lookout for Tony. And only three days later, he is finally apprehended. The plotting, the scheming, the scamming. It's the hunt that keeps men like Tony alive. That's what is his makeup. But once caught, all that drops because there is nothing else. Police interrogate Tony, and he gives them several alibis. One of his alibis is that he had spent the night with an exotic Thai dancer. Another alibi was that he was so frightened by news of Wayne's murder that he had to seek you know, advice on what to do. But despite the stories he spins, the evidence against Tony is overwhelming, and he is found guilty of Wayne's murder. Tony receives a death sentence for Wayne's murder in Thailand. Back home, 
Diego receives 21 years in prison for Bradley's murder. It's likely that Tony will never stand trial for Bradley's murder because he's on death row in Thailand. And the Thailand authorities have no interest in extraditing him. At the end of Fight Club, viewers are in for a shock when they learn Brad Pitt and Edward Norton's characters are actually the same person. In the end of the film, uh, we discover, along with Edward Norton's character, that he has been Tyler Durden all along. Brad Pitt's character represented the free man that he wanted to be, and by aligning himself so closely with his mind's version of Tyler, he transformed into him. As for Tony and Diego, their affiliation with a real-life fight club led straight to prison. Tony and Diego started out living out their fantasy, but they got greedy, and that greed turned to murder. Uh, Tyler Durden started a revolution. Tony and Diego just became criminals. The crazy thing of it all is that these two guys just really wanted to fight. That was their passion. But just like in the movie, a simple idea like that turns into an evil that destroys multiple lives. Tony thought he was always going to be the one that won. And so he thought of himself as a winner above everything else. Didn't matter what he did, he was going to remain a winner until he was finally caught. If you enjoyed this episode of Copycat Killers, don't forget to subscribe at Podcast One or Apple Podcast. Then go to Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including chilling reenactments and crime scene photos you'll only find on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com I'm Dr. J. Buzzman Ornsteiner.